Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. Welcome into Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe Kentucky Derby Week. Folks, it's going to be exciting, and I am excited for this guest right here on the program, Christina Blacker, host, analyst, and reporter for FanDuel TV. She is out there on site, Churchill Downs. Hello, Christina. Hi, Cam. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on board here talking about the Kentucky Derby. And let's just start with the top storyline that you are tracking here as the week progresses. So there's always so many stories because when you think about the Kentucky Derby, we have 20 horses, right? And each horse has their own story. And I think what you have to sort of start with is the fact that it's pretty remarkable that they've all earned their spot in the gate for the Kentucky Derby. To put it in perspective, there's about 19, 20,000 thoroughbreds born every year. You can only run in the Derby in your three-year-old season. You get one chance. So for these 20, they've won qualifying races along the way. They've earned their spot into the starting gate. I would say one of the biggest storylines we have this year, though, is the Japanese contingent that have come to try and win the Kentucky Derby. The horsemen in Japan have put millions of dollars into their breeding program over the last 20 years or so. And you're starting to see the results of that breeding program be reflective and successful on the international stage. They won races in Dubai this year. They won races in Saudi Arabia this year. They won two Breeders' Cups this last year, and that's the first time that the Japanese horses have won at the Breeders' Cup, which is one of our biggest kind of international stages. This, to me, the horse's name is Derma Sotagake. He's post position number 17, the 17 horse. He is the best horse that Japan has brought to Kentucky. I follow a lot of different speed figures, but the one that I put the most weight into is called Thurgraph. His Thurgraph number for his last race, which was in Dubai, is just as fast as the favorite for this year's Kentucky Derby. He's perfectly capable of winning this race, but I've watched him train this week and he's a little bit, for lack of a better term, he's a little goofy. He just doesn't really focus. You know, sometimes to be a supreme athlete and always to be a supreme athlete, not only do you need the physical, but you need it mentally too. And so I'm a little worried and I'm gonna be watching him in the post parade and I'm gonna be watching him in the warm up. I just wanna know that he's focused and has his A game because he's physically a horse that I know is fast enough to win the Derby, but there's no way to prepare for an event of this magnitude with a horse. A crowd like this, energy level like this, noise like this, you need to have it between the ears in addition to in the physical makeup but he's definitely one of the biggest stories and he's the horse that people are watching every morning right now well let's talk about him if we may 10 to 1 as we stand you mentioned it post position 17 that post as i'm sure you know has never (laughs) produced a winner in the history of the derby does that mean anything or is that just a number for it doesn't to me i think it's got to be one of those things that's just an anomaly like it's yeah it's happened but I'd like to go back and see all of those horses and were they 50 to one? Were they 80 to one? Was there a favorite that lost from post 17? I don't know those numbers. And so I think it's just one of those things that's unlucky. I don't find post position 17 to be unlucky at all in and of itself. I do think if you're drawn at the rail, it's very difficult. I think horses in the first five post positions have some trouble and it's a little bit better in the last couple years than it was in the past. In the past, 
because we run 20 horses in the Kentucky Derby, they would essentially put two starting gates next to each other. And so if you were in what they called the auxiliary gate, meaning post position 15 outward, you kind of had a difficult time finding a spot from there. And if you were at the rail, it was even worse because it was so close to the rail that you almost ran straight into that first turn and into the rail yourself trying to establish position. Now with the gate, it's a little bit more fair, but if you are post one through five, you need to have speed and you need to break well because you imagine all of those horses from the outside coming in as everybody tries to save ground. The quickest trip around there is to hug the rail and go you know, in that fashion. But when 20 horses are trying to save ground and trying to find their own position, if you're not fast enough to kick from the gate, you're gonna get shuffled back, you're gonna run into traffic and you might basically lose your race five strides out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, history lesson right here, Christina. I'm willing to bet neither of us were born when this happened. 1986, pole position one, won the Kentucky Derby. That's the last time. Pole position two, 1978. So you are saying that, in a way, there is still that disadvantage being in those early pole positions because of that railing and traffic and what have you. Is that the trend that kind of we're looking at right now? I think so, and I think that to be a horse that goes gate to wire in the derby, meaning to lead them all the way around there, you have to be supremely talented. There's a lot of horses that win a lot of day to day, but there's so many horses in the derby that have enough speed to press a horse on the lead. You're never going to get away with an easy lead. No one's going to let you go out there and gallop at a nice easy clip and then just sprint for home. You're going to take heat. You're going to take pressure on the lead and in that first flight. So I think that's another reason why it's so difficult to win from those inside post positions. One of the horses coming into this week that I loved, and I, he's hands down the best looking horse in this field is the number five horse, Taffet Trice. He's the most expensive horse, so he should be one of the best looking because pedigree wise, meaning his mother and his father, he has the best bloodlines of any horse coming into this race. He was $1.2 million at auction, and that was before they ever put a saddle on his back. You didn't even know if he was gonna run to that pedigree, but he had the looks as a baby and he clearly has the bloodlines. He will take your breath away when you watch him out there training. He has this huge stride. He covers so much ground. And his weapon with that stride is that with every jump, it gets bigger, he covers more ground, and he's like a freight train. He will run right through you if you're in his way. But because of that, if you stop his momentum, it takes a long time to get that big engine rolling again. And so in post position five, I think Tappet Trice is gonna have trouble. I think he's gonna get shut back. I think he's gonna get shuffled into a spot where he doesn't wanna be. And if his rider doesn't get him into the clear early, it really compromises his chances. I wanted to pick him on top. He was gonna be my derby horse until the post draw. I just think post five is too close to the inside, too much of a risk for a horse with that kind of a style. Yeah, it seems like the sweet spot, 5 to 15, something along those lines there. But let's talk about the favorite, Forte, 3 to one as we stand. Christina, what makes him so good? Why is he the favorite? Why is Forte the favorite? So Forte, last year at two years old, remember I said these horses have to be three to one in the Derby. At two, he was the two-year-old champion of this class. So he had the best resume going into that year. He won the most races and he won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is the best race for two-year-olds on dirt that we run all year. So he was the champion of this class last year. But as you can imagine with any athlete, sometimes some develop more quickly than others. And then that high school or that college kid, by the time they go to college or go pro, 
other people catch up and you're not as good as you once were, right? Forte has made that transition from two to three. He's still just as good and he's still at the head of this class and he's undefeated so far this year. And what really kind of solidified his ability to me was his last race and that was in the Florida Derby. And I love it because it was a race where he actually had a lot of trouble and it wasn't his fault, but he overcame that trouble and he still won. I did a social media segment for FanDuel TV and I called him the Patrick Mahomes of horse racing because it's like just when you Whoa. thought it wasn't going to work out. Like there's no way, there's no way he can win this. Forte pulls it out and he just figures a way, a way to win. He's athletic, he's fast, he's agile. He doesn't mind going to the inside. He doesn't mind circling horses on the outside. He's a little lighter framed than some other horses. Doesn't carry as much weight, doesn't carry as much condition, but he's just like a gazelle out there. I mean, he just pounces when he sees a spot. And so he, it, to, in my eyes, he's very much a deserving favorite in this race. If he's your derby horse, I can't talk you off of him. But on numbers, I don't see him as a huge standout. I wouldn't be willing to take a short price on him because right. I think a lot of horses in here are right there. They're right with him or they're just a slight notch below. And so if he was a, a standout on numbers, then I'd be all in on Forte. But I just don't want to take a short price on a horse that... I know he has it. I know he has the ability, but I don't see him as heads and tails above the rest of them this this year. Yeah, there are a few horses actually that fit some solid trends and Forte is not the only one. So let's talk about a sleeper here, Christina. Somebody okay. you're looking at that maybe could surprise kind of like last year. So I'll give you my top pick. I don't know if he's gonna okay. be a sleeper and then I'll give you a sleeper too. My top pick is Angel of Empire, the 14 horse. Uh, Angel of Empire is trained by Brad Cox. He actually has four horses in the Kentucky Derby. And back to that stat about 19, 20,000 horses born every year, for this guy to have a fifth of the field is just unreal. He has a lot of good horses, but I think Angel of Empire is his best. He is a horse that on thoroughgraph numbers, and that's the, a speed figure that I put a lot of weight into in my handicapping, he has a perfect pattern meaning that he's slowly getting better with each and every race. And his last two races, he ran the same speed figure, which when we study patterns, we usually think that a horse that runs back-to-back -back numbers that are identical, they then break through that number and they run a better number in future. So I think he's sitting on a career best coming into the Kentucky Derby because of that. He's more agile than a Tappet Trice, but he has the big stride of a Tappet Trice. So he, you watch him going down the back stretch and he's almost taking one jump to there too. Yet he has the ability to overcome trouble. And I just think he's sitting on a career best. So he's gonna be my top pick. He's eight to one on the morning line. I'm not sure what kind of price he'll be at post time because I think a lot of handicappers are starting to really like him. The other kind of, I guess, sleeper horse for me would be the nine, Skinner. Skinner's 20 to one on the morning line. He runs, sorry, comes from California, like I do. And he's had some really wide trips in his races. He hasn't won, but I think it's because he hasn't been ridden effectively. He has a new jockey for the Kentucky Derby. He attracted Juan Hernandez, who is the leading rider in California. Juan Hernandez is very cerebral. Juan Hernandez studies not only his own horse, but his opponents. And so I think these two could be a pretty good combination. And I think Skinner could be one of those horses that definitely wouldn't surprise me. He, he would surprise you on paper, but if you don't look at those replays with him, you wouldn't want to select a horse like this. Well, this is music to my ears because my short list right now, Forte, Practical Move, Angel of Empire, Skinner. They're yes. fitting a lot of trends that I look at right now, Christina. I want to actually go to this trend here. It seems like tactical speed 
matters more now in the Kentucky Derby. From 2014 through 2021, seven out of the eight Derby winners set or tracked the pace from no farther back than third place. When I say that to you, how do you react? Well, I think it's absolutely right. Last year was really the only year where the pace fell apart. We had horses that went way too fast early, and they all backed up. And Rich Strike, who was the longest shot on the board, came from last to first to win. I think the reason why that trend came to fruition over the last eight years or so is because we've changed the way horses qualify for the Kentucky Derby. It used to be done based on how much money you had in the bank, how much money you'd earned overall. Now we have this points system that is delegated to races along the way. They call it the road to the Kentucky Derby. And they weigh more heavily the closer we get to the Derby. So for example, if you won a race in April that was one of those designated races, you got 100 points, which guarantees you a spot in the gate. In years past, fast young horses that earned a lot of money at two would qualify for the Derby, set a really fast pace, and you'd have horses rallying from way off of it like a rich strike. Now that we weight the races accordingly and according to races that are similarly run to the Kentucky Derby, I think the trend has changed. And yes, you do need to be pretty close to the pace. You don't really want one of those closers that is going to come from last. And so that's why I put a lot of weight into finding that that athletic horse. I don't think you're always going to get the trip you want. But if you can be a horse that's willing to overcome trouble, and if you have the acceleration when needed, whether that's early in the race or late in the race, then I think you can kind of create your own luck. Sometimes it's not about style points at the Kentucky Derby. Christina Blacker joining the show right now. Christina, to wrap up, let's just talk about the atmosphere there at Churchill Downs, especially as we approach Saturday and then get to Saturday, the fashion, the pomp and circumstance. To somebody who hasn't been there, i.e. me, what is it like? Well, it's definitely an experience uh, like no other. It is, I think, what you make of it. I mean, it's some of the best racing that we have all year. It's America's race, the Kentucky Derby. So if you're the gambler and you're kind of the hardcore racing fan, this is the day for you. But if you also just want to go and have a party and have a good time and have a few drinks and dress up, that's available to you at the Kentucky Derby as well. And oh yeah, by the way, there's a horse race going on. They kind of do a little bit of everything. There's a lot of music. There's a lot of entertainment. It's like any other big sporting event you go to. You know, it just creates an atmosphere of euphoria I would say people are so excited and one of my favorite things about my job with Vandal TV is watching people win and whether that's watching people that are betting win or watching the people that train these horses win or watching the jockeys that are riding them win it's such an emotionally generous experience when you watch someone win and so I think when you come to the racetrack whether you're an actual participant or you've put your two dollars and then you're have a stake in the game you have that opportunity to feel that rush that adrenaline and to play the sport in a way you know you go to a football game and there's a winner and a loser and half the crowd goes home unhappy if a favorite wins a Kentucky Derby a lot of people leave this place happy so you can kind of create a real collective sense of enjoyment at the races of course on Kentucky Derby but really on any day always more ways to win over there at FanDuel Christina Blacker joining the show here lock it in with Cam Rogers Christina appreciate the time enjoy the week and before I let you go, I have to give a plug to our FanDuel TV Plus because we have all of the analysis from my entire team on there right now. You can just log on to the app. We have workout analysis, replay analysis, speed figure analysis. Everything that I said to you on steroids is on FanDuel TV Plus. Busy week for FanDuel. Thanks so much.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.